Alrighty, Shalom Uvracha to all. Thank you so much for joining. I hope that everybody is doing well. So we're going to launch into our inner dimension shear. I'm just going to make sure we're all set up over here. And recording, of course. And now we're going to share the screen so that we can all see the text that we're going to be studying tonight. Okay, so we're going to be learning together a pretty lengthy piece from the Svasemes as, long, as far as Svasemes goes. Usually it's much shorter pieces, but tonight we're going to be delving into a bit of a longer piece that really covers a lot, really a lot, both in this parsha but Bechlal, in what we refer to as parshios that are not necessarily written in the Torah, but that span very important concepts in our theology, in our religious understanding and consciousness and awareness of very important ideas. We're going to learn about schar and onesh, why a Kodesh Baruch Hu doesn't bring schar and onesh, why in the Torah we're not presented with the various uh, rewards or punishments, but certainly rewards specifically. This Vasemis is going to touch on that as well. But more globally, we're going to learn about the mitzvos, how to view the mitzvos, what they are, what they do for us, what we can do for them, what the purpose of our performance of the mitzvos is in this world, in this lifetime. So let's delve in together. All Thank you all for joining. And the Svasemis begins. But Medrash. On the Medrash, Rabbah, on the Pasuk, the Medrash departs a little bit from the actual verse that it's going off of, which is actually the parsha of Shiluach HaKan. And it's part of a lengthier ma'aracha, it's part of a lengthier presentation within the Medrash. But the Medrash eventually brings up this Pasuk, Livias Chain Haim. It's a Pasuk in Mishle, where the Torah tells us, and Shlomo Amalek tells us, that the Torah and mitzvos are Livias Chain, what's translated, Rashi tells us, as a sort of wreath around our heads. Torah and Musr, it's our pride, it's what crowns us, it's our glory. And the Medrash darshins on this word Livias, which can mean a wreath, but it could also seem to draw from the word levaya, which means to accompany. Rahman al we should never know from such things. A person is nifter. Everyone should live long and happy and healthy. We shouldn't hear of any passings. But we go to a levaya. Levaya comes from the word levaya. We accompany the mace to the final resting place. So the Medrash looks at this word levaya as apply to Torah and mitzvos, and the Medrash says, oscha. The Medrash enumerates various mitzvos that walk with a person. And the Medrash talks about a person that is keeping the mitzvos, and we learn about, in the field. The mitzvos are accompanying him in the field. A person takes trumas and maestros from the crops. The Torah is accompanying that person. In all of our areas of life, whatever it is that we're doing, a person goes to get a haircut, leaves payas. The mitzvahs are walking with a person in that arena. In all areas of life, a person that's halachically conscious, committed to the Torah to the best of our ability, the Torah is walking with us. A beautiful medrash, a beautiful idea. And this is what the medrash says. This medrash, like I mentioned, is sort of a continuation and a progression based off an earlier piece in that very medrash, on that pasuk, a reference to Shiluach HaKan in this week's parsha, that begins by telling us that a Baruch Hu has great mercy 
on his brios. And the Medrash says that that's why we don't go ahead and give an infant a bris mila right away, but we wait eight days. Obviously, there are much deeper reasons for why it's on the eighth day, which we'll learn about Bezer Hashem in the future, Besiat Rishmaya. But one of the reasons the Medrash says is because a Kurdish Baruch Hu has Rachmanus and wants to give some time for the baby to become accustomed to this world. On that level, at least, even though it's a pretty short period of time, but at least there's a buffer zone, and then the bris is done. And the Medrash, of course, is speaking about the context of the Rachmanos that comes into play, or is a is is a question, right? Seems to be the opposite of a Kaddish Baruch Hu's Rachmanos as it comes into play with creations in the context of Shlach Hakan. But the Medrash says that a Kaddish Baruch Hu has Rachmanos both on Behemoth and on Oifa, certainly on human beings, on birds, and on animals. And the Medrash then goes into talking about the of the mitzvot. Um, as we're going to see, the Svasem is going to bring it in toward the end of the piece. But the Svasem asks, <coughs> excuse me, the Svasem asks, and the Medrash asks, why isn't it that HaKadosh Baruch Hu, why is it rather that Hashem does not give the schar for the mitzvahs to let us know what the schar for this mitzvah is, what the schar for that mitzvah is? And the, and the Medrash then goes into this whole conversation about why it is that Hashem is not giving the schar for particular mitzvahs or telling us what we're going to get. And the Svasem is going to go very deeply into that. And then finally, we reach this point in the Medrash where having brought in the idea of mitzvahs, we speak about how the mitzvahs are melavos, oscha, the mitzvahs are walking with us. That's a bit of the context with regard to the progression of the medrash based on the concept and the sugya of shluch hakan. Says the Heligas Vasem, what a privilege to learn his words with you today. Ha mitzvahs nitnu, what is the purpose of the mitzvahs? Why is it that we devote our lives to fulfilling the mitzvahs? The mitzvahs were given lesakin malbush adam. The mitzvahs were given to purify and refine and rectify what's called the levush of our bodies. Shahaguf, that the physical body vis-a-vis the neshama is called a malbush, is called a garment. Because the guf baramach yivarim hu malbush al ramach v'china sheyesh nefesh. Everybody knows that even though we look at the mirror and we see ourselves as a physical body, we see, see ourselves as people, ultimately we're aware that we don't have a neshama, we are, we are our neshama. We have a guf, but we are our neshama. And it's known that the physical manifestation or the physical representation of the body as it manifests physically is only the neshama as it then descends a level, so to speak, and manifests in the body. And that's why all of the spiritual powers of the soul that we've spoken about so much manifest within the various areas in the body. So that means that the soul has the capacity, for example, of chesed. That becomes the right arm. The soul has the capacity for gvura. That manifests in the left arm. Different intellectual processes, chachma and bina, the two hemispheres in the brain, the midas, without going to the depth of it, netzach vahod manifests in the legs, and so on and so forth. But that's all because the body is a levush of the neshama. And in the same way a person wears a coat and it conforms to the contours of that person's you know, specific physical shape or, or uh, right, that, that person's physical body, the same way the body takes the shape of the neshama that it itself is in clothing. And so ultimately the neshama is the ikr. The body with all of its different functionalities and all of the different details of the way the body manifests, the prati pratus, right? We're talking on a cellular, molecular level, is only a manifestation of the neshama as it then encloses and engarbs that spiritual power that we contain within. And so therefore, 
the Ramachi Varim of the body, we spoke a little bit more of a Pratyas when you speak about limbs, but the body has 248 of these limbs, right? We spoke about obvious ones, the arms and the legs. The arm itself contains within it all of the different parts. The, the Yad is called a hand. It's called a Yad because there are Yud Dalit Prakim. There are 14 mini limbs within the hand in, in and of itself. And each of the body contains different areas, different joints, different ligaments. But ultimately on the level of the totality of our Evarim, Chazal tell us there are 248. What would that mean? If the body is only a levush for the neshama, and the body, therefore, is going to take on the contours of the neshama, then anything in the body needs to be hinting to us something about the neshama. On an ultimate level, the body is hinting to us things about a Kaddish Baruch Hu, because we're created with Salam Elohim. That means that who's we? That means that the neshama is created with Salam Elohim, and that manifests in the body. Therefore, the Pasuk in Eov says, Mi besari It's from my body that I'm able to go ahead and to perceive some vision or some understanding in what Elokah, what it looks like, those powers that HaKadosh Baruch Hu invested, or the power HaKadosh Baruch Hu, as he manifested himself in the process of creation all the way down into the physical world. But that begins in the neshama, which is a chelek alokamimal manifesting in the guf. And therefore, mi besari echse eloka, not just the godliness without, right? God as a Kaddish Baruch Hu, but the godliness within. That also becomes manifest in the body. So if there are 248 physical limbs, that will tell us that there are 248 spiritual limbs. And that means that the even though it's indivisible, the unified nefesh that we contain within is going to have these 248 aspects as well as the 365 aspects which then manifest in the 365 veins and sinews that are also making up the human body. Of course, those 248 and 365 are together numerically equivalent to 613 which correspond to the mitzvot of the Torah. And that's exactly what the Svasemis is getting at. So he says again, let's start from the beginning of the sentence. The mitzvahs of which there are 613 were given to perfect and to rectify the levush, the garment, which is synonymous with the body vis-a-vis the neshama, that it is in clothing or that it is in garbing. Because the physical body with its 248 limbs, enclothe the 248 spiritual limbs and, and, and right, those, those spiritual uh, correspondence to, to what it means, a limb, that structure within the soul. Which is the ultimate portrayal and form of the inner person, of the person as that person really exists on the essence of the spiritual level within. Vayadeya mitzvahs, through the 613 mitzvahs, which again correspond to the 613 veins, limb, veins and limbs in the physical body and the veins and limbs within the spiritual body that manifest in the physical body, or the spiritual counterpart, Vayadeya mitzvahs mesakene ever. The limbs become rectified. To then be able to become a little bit of a dwelling place for the nefesh, that cor- or that chelek, so to speak, that portion or that aspect of the nefesh that corresponds to it. And it is able then to become refined and purified, to become a little bit more spiritually oriented. And that allows our physical bodies to become illuminated with an otherworldly grace. And it doesn't just mean the physical body, it means the way in which we manifest in the world, the ways our relationships look, the way that the Torah is supposed to make us more and more refined. We think about it on a collective level. Of course, a person delves into the Torah naturally, 
the whole of the Torah, with all of its different aspects, is having a holistic, uh, elevative effect on the person. But the Svasema says it's much more particular. A person puts on tefillin, that means that the arm that the tefillin is on, that it corresponds to, or the, or the head, the skull, the cranium, right over here, is becoming more refined by that. Tzitzis. All the different tefillah, the peh, limutzchus, not saying Loshan hara. All the 248-365 as they manifest in the lives of both Jewish men and women specifically is manifesting specifically in the counterpart that manifests within the physical body to refine it and make us more elevated, holier. And he says that HaKadosh Baruch Hu gave us the mitzvahs to be able, or lizkois, really, al-yadam, but it's also lizachais, it's the same word, to merit and to become refined, and that is the merit, to a level of chen and chesed. That's the whole sum total of the purpose of the mitzvahs. Kiri Isa, as the Mishnah says, Ratz HaKadosh Baruch Hu, Lezachis says Yisrael, HaKadosh Baruch Hu wanted to give merit to the Jewish nation, therefore, Lefikach, Hirbalahem, Torah, U Mitzvah, HaKadosh Baruch Hu gave us so many Torah and Mitzvahs, Tichsiv, Kerachim, of Albanim, HaKadosh Baruch Hu has mercy on us like a father, and that's what we daven for, Be'ez HaShem and Slichas, and Rosh Hashanah and Kippur, Kerachim of Albanim, like a father has mercy on the children, Kain Terachim Hashem Aleinu, so will HaKadosh Baruch Hu, and so does HaKadosh Baruch Hu have mercy on us. In what level are we called Banim? Which aspect of the human being or of the Jewish individual are we called children of HaKadosh Baruch Hu? Of course, not, not physically, of course, but spiritually. So he says, V'Yisrael Shanikr Banim Hu B'Tzir HaPnimi. This element in which we're called children to HaKadosh Baruch Hu is of course a reference to our interiority, to the spiritual counterpart, to the physical body that manifests within the body like we manifest wearing a shirt, right? But the shirt is not essential. The shirt is in clothing and thereby paradoxically allowing for the revelation of us in society. It's the same way between the guf and the nefesh, the levush to the soul that allows the soul to become manifest in the corresponding limbs and veins and sinews. 365, 248, which together are 613. That inner seer, that inner spiritual being is called a ben to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, and it is the beneficiary of HaKadosh Baruch Hu's rachamim, kerachim of albanim. And the ben is going to be the inter, internal nature of who we are at our essence, which is the soul that manifests then in the body that corresponds to it. Like he already talks about in Parsha Shaftim. And therefore, it said, When the child, when a child, when a son, when a person's child is succeeding in Torah, really not succeeding, what does success mean? Toiling in Torah, that's the success, right? It's not about how much the person is able to then. Um, you know, successfully attain or retain like we learned about in our Sichas around Shirim, but it's about the Yegiyah, it's about the toil, that's the Iker success. Then Mesmala Olav Rachamim, the father of course has a tremendous amount of Nachas for the child and it awakens the, un the essentially unconditional love that the father has for the child that's there all the time, but that becomes awoken and aroused and, and, and activated through the child's through the toiling of the Torah. He says, I'm sorry, that's what the mitzvahs are. 
that the mitzvahs are supposed to awaken HaKadosh Baruch Hu's rachamim, that HaKadosh Baruch Hu had mercy on us and that's why he gave us the Torah mitzvahs to allow our physical body that corresponds to the Torah, each limb, each vein, each sinew, but prate pratis, when a person goes ahead and engages with the Torah, it's refining the body in the most amazing, amazing way. And it enables the body to become a conduit for the spiritual counterpart to the 248-365 to refine the body, to allow the 613 mitzvahs to exude from all of the different physical capacities that are built into this holistic human being and the sheer kaima of the guf of the human. Not exactly sure what he's referring to here. Unless he's saying I'm not sure what he's referring to here. I have to look it up with the Nakudas. Unless he's saying a reference to Mila. But ultimately the mitzvahs are having an effect on the on the doer, right? On the one who is carrying the mitzvahs out. And so he says, any mitzvah that a person does, Lishma. What is Lishma? This is what it means to do a mitzvah l'shma. What am I doing when a person puts on tefillin? What should the consciousness be? I want to take this physical limb and allow it to become a vessel for the spirituality that it corresponds to. That is going to be affected through the mitzvah that I'm doing. The mitzvah causes for the neshama to become manifest within the guf, which is literally what it is. Because the neshama yearns to do the ratzon Hashem all the time, but it needs a body in order to do that. And so the mitzvos allow for the revelation of the neshama to become manifest within the physical world, which is, of course, the gilui of the shechina, which is one with the collective soul of the Jewish nation that manifests within each individual. That's what it means, to make a gilui shechina, to allow that indwelling presence of a Kaddish Baruch with a latent potential for godliness to become expressed through the conduit of the mitzvahs. That the mitzvahs, you know, sort of creates a channel between the spiritual source and the physical counterpart to allow that physical counterpart to become filled with the spirituality of godliness. And it's not, it's also a mystical, esoteric thing, but it's not only specifically that. Because like we said, on a very pragmatic level, a person puts on tefillin, that's what's happening. The body, the aver, the hand, now becomes a vehicle or a dwelling place, like dira b'tachtonim, it becomes a dwelling place for the revelation of God. That a Kaddish Baruch Hu had a will that human beings, that men should put on tefillin, specifically, the women have their mitzvahs, that a man should put on tefillin. And that means to say in this moment that I am donning tefillin, there's an aspect of my nefesh that corresponds to my hand, and through the mitzvah, that element becomes revealed. That element of my neshama that yearns to do the Ratzon Hashem, I wouldn't have known that I had it in me until I put on tefillin. And that's the manifestation of that Ratzon that specifically corresponds to the Yad and that refines the hand in the most amazing way. That's the reason that HaKadosh Baruch Hu gave us mitzvahs to ultimately allow for us, all of us, Bilvavi Mishkan Evna, right? That, that, that our hands are ultimately building for HaKadosh Baruch Hu a Mikdash, a dwelling place in this world so that our bodies become many temples for HaKadosh Baruch Hu. An amazing thing. Like it says in the sixth parasha, our machane, our personal tent, our personal dwelling place becomes kadosh, mamish holy, and refined, and illuminated, bursting with godliness. So he says, 
Az HaKadosh Baruch Hu mesmala Allah, v'rachamim, HaKadosh Baruch Hu's mercy becomes revealed on such a person. V'ikaris orurus harachamim hu ala nefesh. And he says, what's the primary mercy of HaKadosh Baruch Hu? How do we refer to the Torah and Chazal? Rachmana. We refer to, the, to Hashem and to the Torah, HaKadosh Baruch Hu, as manifest in the Torah, as Rachmana, the merciful one. Because the Torah is Rachmana. Because there's no more mercy than guiding a human being out of the existential confusion and lowliness that's possible to fall into in this very difficult and confusing world. There's no more mercy. Like Rabbi Nachman speaks about in Lukutumran Tenyana Torah Zayin, when he speaks about the Rachman Amiti, who's the, who's the one who really has the most Rachamim on a person, he says is the Tzaddik. Because the whole thing of the Tzaddik is to guide people out of this confusion and out of the angst and out of the difficulty of living a life out of touch and out of tune with the Creator. There's no bigger Rachamim. That's what the mitzvah is, that's what Rachmana is. So he says, the most amazing thing, Shabbos misalah adam b'sharshay. He says, Shabbos is all of this encapsulated. Shabbos brings a person at the source to the source. The chalal of hachen. And Shabbos brings upon us this incredible, incredible chain that we're speaking about, that we get little portions of as we go through our fulfillment of the whole Torah and mitzvahs, the 248 mitzvahs, the limbs, right? That then allow the 248 spiritual aspects to reveal themselves, or the 365 loisases, veins and sinews. That allows for the 365 components that correspond to the 365 veins and sinews that exist within the nefesh to reveal itself. But the sum total of the, of the glory and the chain that can possibly dwell and rest upon the Jewish person, that's Shabbos. Shabbos is the sum total of it. The six days of the week, like we spoke about in this past week, this past Tuesday, Sichas Ramshir, is Kasher, Pasel, Tamitar, Mutar, Asr. Those six aspects in which we're trying to go ahead and to fulfill the halacha in all the different areas of life. And Shabbos, Ba Shabbos, Ba Menucha. The Noach, which is Menucha, the Zohar Kaddish says Noach is Shabbos. Naichele Eila, Naichele Sata. Noach means to rest. Comes from the word Menucha, Matzachein Be'ene Hashem. That's when the chain is able to dwell on a person. Noach is a Shabbos. Noach, Shabbos is the sum total of it. This is why Shabbos is called Menucha, Oisius Chain, Noach Chain, Menucha, the Ishban Shama Yisera. This is what it means to say that we have an influx. And I bless us that we should be able to feel it. We have an influx of a new nefesh on Shabbos. Shu is galus tzir hapnimi. What is that nefesh you say, or what is it? How does it manifest in a conscious Jew, a Jew that's not just you know orthopraxically going through Yiddishkeit on a behavioristic level, the checklist that we speak about, but a person that's mamish conscious of it? It means to say we're a little bit more in tune on Shabbos with our tzir hapnimi. That even our achila on Shabbos, even our shesia, our eating, our drinking, the karasal the Shabbos oinig, eating, drinking, sleeping, sheina mishubachas, all of the physical elements that we do during the week as well. But on Shabbos, because each of those things is a mitzvah, nemela, the sum total of our humanity as defined during the six days of the week by all the things that all humans do. But on Shabbos, those elements are illuminated with our tzir hapnimi, which is we're doing this because it's Ratzon Hashem. Of course we enjoy it, but the sweetest thing is that's the mitzvah, to enjoy it. 
And so our enjoyment, which we do mindlessly during the week because we're humans, on Shabbos and Shami Yaseira, it means that all of those physicality, you know, or physically oriented quadrants of the human identity on Shabbos become illuminated by this otherworldly chain that's called the Nishami Yaseira. She was galos tzir hapnimi. That's what it means, the neshami yisera lachein. And therefore, say chazal, this is the inner understanding, the pnimius. Of what chazal mean when they say, shakul shabbos kechol hamitzvahs. That shabbos is equal to all of the mitzvahs. In what sense? Schar-wise, that when a person keeps shabbos, he gets schar, like all the mitzvahs. In what sense is shabbos equal? Says the svasem, it's very deep. When we understand what all the mitzvahs are intended to help us accomplish, which is to draw out all of the various parts, if we can say parts, of course the neshama is a unified entity, but all of the facets, let's say, the multifaceted nature of the neshama, to allow that to become manifest and drawn out into the physical so that we can see it and we can become elevated and we can become uh, walking Kiddush Hashem, Atam Eidainu Um Hashem, that a person should look at us and see godliness exuding from a Jew. What that is in particularity through all the different areas of halacha that we're trying to accomplish and keep during the week. Shabbos is shakal, all of that. Because like we said on Shabbos, that's what Shabbos is. Shabbos is be a human. And through that humanity, reveal HaKadosh Baruch Hu's presence in the world. That HaKadosh Baruch Hu created this world. And that means that every element of creation has a relationship with the Creator. Right? That's what Shabbos is. With all of what Shabbos is. I mean, we could speak 2,000 years now on the meaning of Shabbos and the Shalos, and the Shalos Sudas and Kabbalah Shabbos and what Shabbos is and L'chadaydi L'chazkala. There's so much to talk about. But all of what Shabbos is, the totality of Shabbos, is the sum total of what all of the mitzvahs are intending to accomplish. And this is what the Piyasetzner Rebbe writes. It's really so important to see if you have uh, the privilege of having in your house the Sefer Chovas HaTalmidim so toward the end, or at the end, he has something called Shloshim Amarim. Three discourses, very foundational drushos on different areas of, uh, of, of, of Ashkafa and Pneumius. And so one of those Mamaras is on Shabbos. And in that Mimer, the way that the Piyasetz Rebbe describes looking out the window on Friday night and seeing Jews walking home from Shul, he says they're shining from one end of the world to the other. Mama shining. He was able to see the Neshama Yaseira on them. Even if they weren't able to feel it, but the Tzadik can see it. Shabbos is shako keneged kal ha-mitzvahs. It's equivalent in its effect. Uperish Marizal, and he says, I heard from my Rebbe, be'ebo ha-mitzvahs, sha'am rishashkulim l'chal ha-mitzvahs, that there are certain mitzvahs that are connected. all the mitzvahs. Tzitzis, for example, is one of them. Obviously, v'talmud Torah keneged kulam, but that's more in a schar-oriented um, understanding, but ultimately Torah is certainly shakol keneged kal ha-mitzvahs. All of these kind of comparisons, where Chazal say that a certain specific mitzvah is equal to all of the mitzvahs, he said he was mekabel from his rebbe. She misaknin kol ha'ivarim, the kachasav barachayim. He says they rectify all of the limbs. I'm not sure what he's referring to. It seems to be a, a, the pneumatic of arachayim. Ah, ah, yeah, the arachayim akadosh. I don't know exactly where he doesn't give a marmakim, but he says that this is what it means. Shakol keneged kol ha'ivarim. And he says, therefore, on Shabbos, this is the meaning of what we're going to say, Hashem. it's coming Shabbos again. What a privilege. 
He says on Shabbos, we don't say, like we do for all the mitzvahs. Right? That's what we say. But on Shabbos, we don't mention Shabbos. We say, that HaKadosh Baruch Hu sanctifies us with His commandments which you and I know to translate as mediums of connection, right? Savsa, unity, dvekas, viratsabanu. We don't say, vitzivanu ala Shabbos, kemoi bechol bracha, or birchas ha mitzvahs. Why is it that on Shabbos all we say is, he desired us? And we don't mention Shabbos specifically, it's as simple. Lirmois, it's to allude to us. Kikidushas Shabbos, Koilo Kedushas, Kol HaMitzvahs. On Shabbos, we cannot speak about Shabbos as a mitzvah on its own because Shabbos is the sum total of all the mitzvahs. Shabbos is what we refer to in the davening as Tachlis Maisei Shemayim Ba'aretz. The purpose of all of heaven and earth and all of the secrets that they contain it's all wrapped up into Shabbos. That's what Shabbos is. It's the day beyond. If the six days of the week is what we refer to as the Eitz Hadas Tov the knowledge of good and evil and that battle that we find ourselves within, Shabbos is the Eitz HaChayim. It's the essence of life. It's the soul of the Torah. What we refer to as the princess, right? It's the soul. It's the interior nature of Malchus, Shabbos, Malkasa. Shabbos is everything. Shabbos is the premise, the purpose. And therefore on Shabbos, if we're going to refer to a mitzvah on Shabbos, we have to refer to all the mitzvahs. And all we can say is, Viratza banu. HaKadosh Baruch Hu desired us. And that's why, Lefika Chirbalehem, Taira and Mitzvahs, because Ratza banu. He loves us. And he wants us to be able to live the most elevated, lofty, beautiful, meaningful, fulfilled life that a, a human being could possibly imagine. And here he says a beautiful thing, specifically for the ladies. Very, very deep understanding of what Ner Shabbos is. Neris. The men also are supposed to prepare the lights. But Ner Shabbos. Listen to this very deep kavana that, that everyone can have. Chazal tell us that Ner Shabbos is so important because of Shalom Bayis. On a very simple level, back then they, didn't, they weren't blessed with lights, right? And so the lighting of candles, even though conceivably they would have had other candles, but to be able to specifically make sure at least that you have two candles that are lit, that's bringing shalom bias because the soup's not going to spill and people aren't going to trip over things and there's just going to be peace. When there's light, there's peace. You can see there's clarity. We can see each other, right? There's clarity on every level. That's the Indian of Shalom Bayis that Chazal mentioned vis-a-vis -vis the lighting of the neiris. Of course, there's so much depth in that. What it means, Shalom Bayis? Here, the Sfas Emma says a deeper understanding. What's a bias? A bias, a house, is significant in terms of what it houses. Right? The body is decidedly secondary to what is in the house. The body is a question. And the question is always secondary to the answer. When you see a house, it's a big question mark. Who is this for? Sorry about that, Chevra. Recording in progress. I dropped that for a minute. Hold on one second. Let me share the screen again. I apologize. Right? So, so when we see a house, we have to ask, it's a question, right? Who is this for? How do I know this? Because Chazal tell us that Avram Avinu asked, Mi Bal Habira, right? He saw the world as a question mark. 
Who created this? And who is it for? So the most amazing thing is that of course the answer is for the family that lives in the house or the individual that lives in the house. Rabbi Khan, I think you're muted. Oh, thank you so, so much for letting me know. Thank you so, so much. Can you hear me now? Yeah, Amazing. Thank sure. you so much. How long were the rest of you going to let me speak for? <laughs> Thank you, Chavra. Okay, so, so listen to this one. Ah, the house is a question mark. How do we know this? Because Avram Avinu looked at the world and he understood it as being a house that was created, the product of something, a bira, a palace. And it was a question mark. Okay, to him it was a question mark that led him in the opposite direction in the sense of Mia Balabira, who created the house. But ultimately when we see a house, we have to ask, well, who is it for? It's secondary to whom? The inhabitants. The individual that lives in the house or the family that lives in the house. That's a paradigm and a relationship that is easily understood as corresponding to the relationship between garment and body, which we spoke about before. A garment is a question. Who's in the garment? Who's wearing the garment, right? One step deeper, the body is a question. Who is it for? Why do we have a body? For what purpose? What's the answer? Ah, the answer is the neshama. Mimela, we can understand, therefore, that bias is a reference to the goof, to the body. He says, you know what it means, shalom bias? You know what it means, that neiros of Shabbos, that the Svarim HaKadoshim Marich, talk about at great length as being the incredible light of Shabbos, to bring light into the house. Shabbos is light. The light of the Neshama Yaseira is manifest in the lights of Shabbos. A person is supposed to look at the candles before he makes Kiddush. The light of Shabbos, the Ma'ari Naim, of what Shabbos is, is all Shalom bias. Shahaguf hu bias l'neshama. Because the body should become at peace and one with the neshama, subservient to the goals and the yearnings of the neshama, which are the 613 different components within the soul that then become manifest within the 248 limbs, 365 veins and sinews of the physical body. But Shabbos is the sum total of this. Therefore, when we're lighting the Shabbos candles or preparing the Shabbos candles for our wives to light, the kavana is, this is what Shabbos is. Shalom bias. To be able to make peace between the bias, guf, and the neshama, the inhabitant of that bias, the inhabitant of the house, in the hope that the house itself should exude the love and the warmth of the family that lives within it. Sometimes you go to a house and you're staying somewhere for Shabbos and the family's away and you don't even know these people that you can sense just, just from looking at the pictures on the walls, just from reading some of the quotes that they have hanging on the fridge, you could sense what kind of love and what kind of warmth is in this place. And that's exactly what a Kaddish Baruch wants of our bodies. That those that encounter us that don't necessarily know who lives in, the, in that house, they don't necessarily see our neshama, they can perceive it. Just by virtue of our bodies becoming secondary and subservient to those spiritual elements that are allowed to manifest within the body. That's what Shalom Bayis means. Shabbos is this It's a levaya, the mitzvahs accompany us, like we're learning about. The mitzvahs accompany us. And it's an accompaniment of chen, of grace. V'noyach, rest, Shabbos, matzah chen, be'ene Hashem. V'nasa Shalom Bayis v'doyk. 
And he says, look carefully at this because it's a very, very deep understanding. And the second piece wants to go ahead and connect this part of the Medrash to the first part of the Medrash, which I mentioned in the beginning of this year, which, spe which speaks about the schar of the mitzvahs. And the Medrash says... That the Torah does not go ahead and reveal the mitzvahs or reveal the schar for individual mitzvahs. If you keep Shabbos, you get this amount of schar. If you put on tefillin, you get this amount. If you don't speak Lashonari, you get this amount. We don't see something like that. All the mitzvahs, arichas yamin. That the Pasik says, Laman Yirbu, right? All the mitzvahs are yamin, but not specifically. And Mashal, the Medrash brings a Mashal, the Melech. Shesachar Poilim, the Paradis, Ayin Shami doesn't bring the Medrash, but I'll tell you the parable that the Medrash brings, at least outside verbally. The Medrash says the most beautiful mashal of a king that had a gigantic garden and all different kinds of trees, some of which were more precious to the king, some of which were less precious. But all of those trees with the grass and maybe even the weeds and all of the different areas of the different flowers and the rose bushes and the lilies and then the, the fruit trees and the carib trees and, all, and the bushes, all the different areas in the garden collectively made up the garden. And so he has a whole cast, a whole team of gardeners that the king is sending down into the paradise to take care of the various areas in the garden. And he does not tell them that there's any differentiation in the schar, but he just assigns them to go ahead and deal with different trees. At the end of the day, they fix the whole garden and they come to the king and the king goes to each and every one of them one by one. Okay, which tree did you work on? And he says, I worked on the apple tree. He says, okay, here's your schar. Which tree did you work on? I was taking care of the pomegranate orchard. Okay, this is your schar, a bigger amount. And each individual gardener who was sent to work on different areas of the garden gets a different amount vis-a-vis -vis, and in accordance with the work that he did on the different areas of the garden. So the gardeners asked the king, why didn't you tell us this before? Why didn't you tell us that different trees are going to have a different amount of schar that's being given to them? And of course, the king tells them, obviously, that if I would have told you, you know, that, that, that for, you know, the, the grass and mowing the lawn, you, have five, you get $5, and for the pomegranate trees, it's $500. I would have had everybody working on the pomegranate trees and nobody mowing the lawn. And the sum total of the beauty of the garden is not in the individual trees, but it's in the sum total of the garden. And I needed everything taken care of, and that's the muscle that is given. Of course, this corresponds to the, mish, to the Mishnah and others that says, Have Zahir, the mitzvah kala kebechamura, because we don't know. That, that we don't know what the schar of the mitzvahs are. And the reason that we don't know is because HaKadosh Baruch wants us to be zahir b'mitzvakala kibichamura. Because we don't know what's more important in HaKadosh Baruch Hu's eyes and everything needs to get done because the mitzvahs are to help us rectify our bodies and ultimately the entirety of the world which each person is an olam katan. And that means that if there are 613 spiritual co uh, components that correspond to the 613 veins and sinews in the body and the body is an olam katan, the world also has 613 components that are also rectified when each individual is going ahead and allowing different components of the soul to manifest in those corresponding components of the body through the corresponding mitzvot that affects the world at large. And Hashem needs the whole garden, the whole world to be rectified 
And this is why the tzachar for the mitzvot is not given individually. Ha'inyin who says the Sfas he explains it based on what we've learned. Ke'ah who kerem Hashem. The paradise, this garden, this orchard, in the mashal, in the medrash, corresponds to Am Yisrael. Corresponds to HaKadosh Baruch Hu's vineyard, Nezer Mata'ai, Am Yisrael, the plantings of Hashem. Beis Yisrael, the collective soul of the Jewish nation, is a paradise, is an orchard that needs fixing. And the mitzvahs, like we already learned, are for the purpose of, of helping to rectify the corresponding limbs. Listen to what the Svas Emma says. It's so important and deep and obvious. And obvious. But somehow, many of us, not necessarily on this call, but there are many who don't understand this. But it's so obvious. That the schar is not the purpose. The tachlis of the mitzvahs is not to earn schar. That's like saying that the tachlis, the ultimate reason that the king sent these people to go out and work on the garden is so that he could pay them. That, that's not the ultimate reason. The ultimate reason is that he wanted his garden beautiful. Ah, but how are you going to get people to work on the garden? Okay, you have to pay them. But the goal is not the, is not the schar. That can't be the goal. We can't educate our kids that the reason we do mitzvahs is the schar. That's like level one, kindergarten understanding. And we never progress past that. Mamish never progress past it. And it's, it's really a limited perspective, a limiting perspective, because it's so shallow. And it leaves out what the deeper understanding of what the mitzvahs are, what Hashem is, what He wants of this world, what the Jewish enterprise is, what our mission is, what our vision is, and so on and so forth. It, sort of sidesteps all of that. It becomes very selfish. It becomes very individualistic as opposed to being connected to the collective mission of all history. That's all it is, just hundreds of thousands of individuals that are sent down through, throughout history to earn reward. That's, all, that, that's what this whole thing is about. Says the Svasemis, can't be. He says this rectification that we achieve in terms of the refinement of our bodies, but more than that, of the world, and even more than that, it's not about the ability to taste in the beauty and wonder of that rectification, but it's for him. It's for HaKadosh Baruch Hu, to give him a dir betachtonim, to allow this world to become a dwelling place for him and the relationship that we can build. He says that's more than all tashlumei schar. That's much more important and essential than any schar that we could be promised. He says the reason that there are slighter mitzvahs and then there are mitzvahs that are mamish, you know, chamuras biyos, we speak about the, the big three, right? Gilei Arayish, Vichas Damim, and we speak about mitzvahs also. Shab, like we said, Shabbos, Shakol, Kenegar, Kala mitzvahs. Tzitzis, Shakol, Kenegar, Kala mitzvahs. And then you have mitzvahs that are, we perceive at least, to be more cow. What's the reason? See, he says, because the body is that way too. The body has a heart. A person can't function without a heart. The body has a mind. A healthy person obviously can't function without the mind. But if a person, Rahman al-Atzlan, which I never know from such a thing, should lose a, a pinky, it's not an Eber, but that pinky also needed rectification and therefore had a mitzvah that corresponded to it. But that mitzvah is not going to be a chamura because the limb is not a is not a chamur. Understand? And it's the same thing. What we're learning over here about heart and mind, what Chazal referred to as evarim shana shamat 
Memela, it's going to have mitzvahs that are shakul connected kala mitzvahs in the sense of how important they are and the way in which they're in which they're able to help rectify those avarim within us and in the world at large, in the corresponding world at large. So he says, Kamoi kinubapnimi. He says the same thing interior, uh, on the level of our interiority. But in order to rectify the collective soul that manifests in all of the bodies of the Jewish nation, 600,000 root souls that manifest in millions of individuals throughout history, and you and I are a part of it. What a privilege. It's an unbelievable privilege that we get to be a part of it. It's a skula. I'm a segula. It makes no sense. Lamalami tamadas. But this is for the purpose of rectifying all of this as individuals and on a collective level. Rak betikin kala mitzvahs. The MS. Because it's difficult and because it's hard to do the mitzvahs and because we have a Yetzirah and because we live in a realm of distraction and a realm of Hester, Hester, Aster, we live in a world called the Olam, famously connected to the word Helem, and Hashem is hidden and it's very difficult and there's a the pervading filth of, of suffolk, of doubt and apikarsus that creeps into our hearts, the amalek, all of this, it's hard. So HaKadosh Baruch Hu promises us schar in order to give us a little bit of an impetus and a catalyst to go ahead and to do what needs to be done. Therefore, the emesh of Yisha Kashaba Elamazela Sakin Atzma, Kava Kadesh Baruch Hu Schar. So Kadesh Baruch Hu made that there should be a promise of a word la Adam. Aval Tachlis Ha Mitzvahs, but the purpose of the Mitzvahs is the Schar? Can't be. Hulamalami calls Schar. It's much more than that. Vaharaya. And the Raya is, Shalzeh Mishalim Kadesh Baruch Hu Schar. This is what the king is paying his workers for. Not so that they could pay them, so that they can get the job done. And the job that's being done or the job that we're being paid for is obviously going to me of, be of far more importance than the fact of our being paid. This is a much bigger tachlis. mitzvah is the mitzvah itself. What all the tzaddikim say from the Baal Shem uh, each and every individual tzaddik, look in the svarim, schar mitzvah is the mitzvah itself. What does that mean, the mitzvah itself? It means... The tzavsa, the relationship, and also not just the tzavsa, the relationship or connection or bonding, dvekas, between us and Hashem, but the shalom bayis, the shalom, the peace, between the warring aspects of our identity, the body and the soul. The shnei yitzarim. We spoke about this on Tuesday night. Learning halacha makes peace between those two warring factions that are trying to conquer what the Balatani refers to as the ir katana, the individual, the body. These warring sort of enemies to make peace. Shalom bayis. That's what the mitzvahs mean also. Schar mitzvah, not just mitzvah, the connection between us and Hashem. It's not, not just, it's, that's the deepest connection. But it also means the connection between body and soul, that we should be holistic spiritual beings. And that we shouldn't feel all the time as if there's this friction or tension. Shalom. He says, 
And it says, therefore, the schar that's promised for all of the mitzvahs collectively is arich asiyam. And what does that mean? Because each mitzvah gives us the ability and the opportunity to connect to a world that's, that's beyond this place and to be infinite, even if for a fleeting moment, to connect ourselves with infinity, schar mitzvah, the mitzvah itself. There's the promise of reward in that place of olam haba, but that's not the tachlis, that's not the goal. We have to be much more broad-minded than that. We have to be. And we have to bring up our children with a much deeper understanding of what the mitzvahs are, for sure, without a question. So let's finish up. Just like the 248 mitzvahs say, which we've been predominantly referring to, are able to go ahead and allow our limbs to become bound to the source, to the soul that is then manifest within 248 physical limbs, but has 248 spiritual facets that need to become revealed through the 248 limbs. It's the same thing for the veins and sinews. The 365 veins and sinews are to go ahead and to purify, to clean out the veins. What do veins um, help to transmit? What flows through veins? Blood. Blood is gvura. Loisaseh is come from the side of Gevura. It means restraint, not to do. And that's why they correspond to the veins because the veins are transmitting the blood throughout the body. Blood is red, red is dam, dam is Gevura, without question. And therefore we have the Loisaseh to refine that process, to be able to lessen the Gevura in our lives or channel it in a way of holiness. Again, to allow the spiritual vitality to become manifest within the mediums of... There's a word I'm, I'm looking for that I'm not thinking of right now. But the mediums of travel of the blood. That's the life force of the physical body. But that's, we have 365 spiritual counterparts that the mitzvahs or the loisases are allowing to become manifest within the physical life force of the blood. And therefore, every mitzvah that a person transgresses, that means to say that that vein just became a little bit less holy, a little bit less clean, a little bit less refined, a little bit less clear. And it's closed off from manifesting that spiritual vitality. And it's magbir the dam. It enables the Yitzhahar to have more of a foothold, which of course is connected to the blood, to the passion, to the desire, to the physicality of living. And that's why it's one little tiny pasuk hidden away, but it's a big din, it's a big klal, as we're going to see in this week's parsha that a person is not allowed to muzzle the animals at the time of the, of the threshing, that they're supposed to be allowed to eat. That's the Indian of Rachmanos. The Shar is a behemoth. The physical body is Bahamias, right? It's, it's oriented toward the physical, much like a behemoth is oriented toward the physical. And the Torah is telling us, within this lav, is telling us an amazingly deep thing. Don't go ahead and prevent the behemoth, the body, from accessing its vitality, which is the behemoth eating, but is the body drawing on the nefesh, on the spiritual vitality of the soul that becomes manifest within it when we do the mitzvahs. That's what it means, 
So he says, "Valachain Ramzu Chazal." I skipped a line. "Valachain Ramzu Chazal." Lahakish Kol Halavin Lelav Dechasima Shag Lelav Dechasima Chazal want to make a hekish between all lavin to leisachsim shar, which is the same thing that Chazal want to do on the side of the mitzvahs has say to say that Shabbos is shaku connected Kol Hamitzvahs. It's the same thing because what Shabbos represents and allows for our body to become sanctified with an Ashami Yisera, which means that the tsura, the physical body, becomes completely and entirely permeated by the spiritual counterpart in the sense of mitzvahs say. That's what the mitzvahs lois say are all connected and are all bound to this love, which seemingly innocuous love, loisachsim sharbadisha, because that's what all mitzvahs lois say are for. To help us prevent the closing off of the channel between the spiritual counterpart in the soul of the 365 facets that correspond to the gidim, to the veins and sinews of the body. And to allow those 365 elements to draw upon the spiritual vitality, to eat, so to speak, and not to muzzle it, and not to prevent it from drawing on that vitality within. Meaning, that the body, which is the bahema, should not be muzzled, meaning it should be able to draw on the vitality that's flowing toward it from its spiritual source, aided by the losase mitzvahs that then allow our soul to become manifest within the body. You know what the mitzvahs are all about? People think that the mitzvahs are restricting and you know the, the, the life of an Orthodox Jew is so restrictive and we can't do anything. Listen to this line. To a thinking person, it's pashit. It's to give us freedom, not to restrict us or constrict us, literally to free us, to allow us to be, mamish to be, to guide us away from what we think is freedom from the side of the body, which is really not what we want when we understand our identity as being the nefesh, but to allow our nefesh to live in freedom, in shalom, shalom bias with the body. This is also the Indian of shatnes, not to grow crops intermingled one with the other, but it's also connected to the creation of tzitzis, the Chazal say that klayim are permitted only in one place, and that's in the tzitzis. What's the deeper understanding here? Harem is he. The understanding is He says the same thing. Wearing klayim is also, klayim means like kalul, like a, like a, like a, like a kela, like a jail, a prison, to imprison the body and to close it off from being able to draw on the, on the, on the vitality of the soul through the mitzvahs. It's like putting a muzzle on the behemoth. It's the same thing. That's what klayim represent. Wearing klayim, what is wearing, is a lavush. Well, the body is a lavush to the soul, like we said at length. Like a bias is a lavush to the inhabitants, like we said. Therefore, klayim is this avera, is this lav, because it also sort of encapsulates the reason for all the lavin not to go ahead and allow for the physical, for the physical goof to become in a kela, in a, in a prison, disconnected from the spiritual vitality of the soul.
It's a jail for the body. But a talis, which is mitsuyot, that has tzitzis on it, because again, Chazal tell us that all the mitzvahs are shakul to Shabbos and also to tzitzis. So the tzitzis is the counteraction of that. The tzitzis is mamish, the opposite of shatnis. In terms of what shatnis represents, the tzitzis are the opposite. The tzitzis allow us to become surrounded on all sides with the 600 13 mitzvahs that are hinted in the different enumerations of the gematria and, and, and in the different uh, uh, calculations of the strings and the knots and so on and so forth. The mitzvahs are mamish surrounding us in the form of the tzitzis and they give cheirus to the body. That's why the mitzvah of tzitzis is connected to the parasha of Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim. Because it's letting us know that the same way Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim represented our collective cheirus, that's what the tzitzis are. HaKadosh Baruch Hu gave us freedom. He gave us the freedom to be able to live the way that our neshama wants to live, disconnected, disjointed from physicality. Because it can either be or garments with an ayin, which is skin, which is physical, or it could be kosnes or with an olive, garments of light. And the tzitzis are kosnes or. Shatnes is kosnes or with an ayin. It closes up. It prevents us from seeing the panemius, the inside. The tzitzis is kosnes or with an olive, mamish, illuminating the light of the Shabbos neiris, the light of shalom bayis. That's the kosnes or of tzitzis. Let's finish up. There was the physical element from the nachash that was baal, chavah, v'hita bazuama. There was an incredible physical element that was drawn onto Adam after the chayt, k'di isa b'zayar. L'sakin ma dechav. But the tzaddikim and each and every member of Am Yisrael, the Bechin of Ami Chulam Tzaddikim, have the ability and capacity to undo this original sin that led to a garment that was thick, which is a garment of shatness, which is the Indian of the Hepech of Tzitzis, Kosnas or with an ayin, skin, physical, but through the mitzvahs that were given which is a rectification for the Eitz Hadas Toivara, which is Mutter and Asr, which is the Mitzvah Saseh and the Mitzvah Loi Saseh, which is what Adam was supposed to have been doing in the garden, La'avda Ulu Shamra, which is the Bechina of Shamar and Zachar of Shabbos itself. I need another hour to really do this properly. And there's a lot of Omek here. Every line in the Sfasemis is infinitely deep. But we're going to try to finish up now. In order to rectify this, Sakharish Baruch Hu gives us the amazing mitzvah of Mila. Listen to this, very deep. HaKadosh Baruch Hu allowed for there to be a spiritual aspect of the physical body as well. A part of the body where there's able to be an aspect of the guf itself that's pnimi and that can be revealed. To let us know that that's what the physical body in totality is. It's physical and it's supposed to remain physical. But we can reveal the spiritual element of the physical in and of itself. That's what Mila is. The Mila in and of itself, Mila, Priya, the peeling back, 
is enabling the revelation of the understanding that there's so much more we can do with this body than simply to go ahead and to live like the six days of the week. We can live Shabbos day. We can mamish live on the Shabbos levels. Every single day can be mamish Shabbos day in this sense. To go ahead and to make tzitzis liyas davuk va'achuz hamalubash bepnimias hanefesh al dalid kanfeis ksuscha on all four corners kamashikasa makam acher shal shames and nikras kanfei l'sheichelim lefroyach. You know why they're called corners that we put the tzitzis me arba kanfeis on the four corners because kanaf is a corner, but it could also mean a wing because the tzitzis enable us to fly. The tzitzis, which is again all of the mitzvahs, enable us to go ahead and to reveal the soul that corresponds to all of the elements of the body, to lift us up, to enable us to be lefroach, velatzes, and to leave. That's why tzitzis is connected to Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim, because it's cheirus, the opposite of klayim, the opposite of leisachsim shor b'dishay, to muzzle the body from drawing on the spiritual vitality. Velatzes mitoich ha'ma'aser, b'koyach ha'mila, but it's all connected to mila. That's why Shabbos and mila are connected one with the other. Both are called ice. There's so much more to talk about over here, but we're just rushing, prakim, just opening the sugya now. Ke'inin shenemar v'yonas ha'chutza, that through this power of mila, Yosef HaTzadik was able to escape, was able to run out, because that's what the mila is. The mila in and of itself is the revelation of that which is inside, the freedom, the that's why Mila is connected to Tzitzis. That's connected. Mila and Tzitzis are connected. It's all the same thing. Mila is also Shakul connected Kalamitzis. It's all the same thing. Mila, Shabbos, Tzitzis, they represent what the mitzvahs in totality are. Who's going to go up to heaven? And Arizal says, as Rashatevis, Mila. Mi That's what the Mila is. It gives us this ability, connected to Tzitzis, the Kanaf, to win, the wings to fly out, connected to Tzitzis, as opposed to Shatnis, which is prison, to imprison the body, the garment, as opposed to Lesasim Shor Bedisha, which is the physical body, to muzzle it and stop it from being able to draw on the spiritual vitality. But the closes this Vasem, oh, what a privilege to learn his words, so deep. Since the mitzvah of Tzitzis is connected in such a deep way to the Shorish klayim. that's why it's able to be mater klayim because it counteracts the force of klayim because it is the antithesis of what klayim represents. When a garment has tzitzis on it, even if it's klayim, it's unbelievable deep. It's mutter because in, un, in an unbelievable way, it's able to counteract the force of the klayim, which represents the closing off and the withholding of the body's ability to draw on spiritual vitality. Tzitzis, with its connection to Mila, the revelation, with its connection to Cheres Yitzis Mitzrayim, with its connection to Kanaf, to flying, Mila, Tzitzis, Shabbos, all connected, it's able to counteract whatever negative potential the klayim had to enslave and imprison the body in and of itself without its ability to draw on our shuvachinas hacheris because tzitzis is the sod of freedom. However, there is so much more to speak about. This is just the beginning of the beginning of a deep, deep, deep dive into what the mitzvahs represent. 
but we have the great privilege, and I bless those of us that are not yet Zoha to this privilege, to be able to bring up children and to be able to educate them. If we're educators, if we are parents, if we're self-educators, to be able to gift ourselves a deeper perspective on what the mitzvahs are, a deeper perspective of what Yiddishkeit is, a deeper perspective of what we're being called upon to do here. We need to expand in terms of our understanding of what Yiddishkeit is, and in so doing, it brings so much more meaning and depth and fulfillment and vitality and passion and consciousness to everything that we do. So I bless all of us with mamish, a lichtig in Shabbos, now understood what Shabbos is. Shako connected kalamitzvahs, we should be able to really have shalom bias on every level, but physically to be able to allow our bodies to reveal the soul, to do everything with Shema in order to be miyachid, yudke, vivavke, bichuda, shlim, to reveal the shechina, to reveal the collective soul of the Jewish nation within ourselves. And the Israel Shem, we should become refined. Thank you so, so much for joining. I apologize if it was a little bit quick in the speed, but uh, there was a lot to accomplish. And I think that we had Siyatar Ishmael. But again, this needs Chazara, 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 and it's just the beginning. Thank you so much for joining, Rabbi Yeager. Thank you so, so much for joining all the Chevra, Ami, Batsheva. It's wonderful to see you, wonderful to, to be able to learn with you again. All the Chevra here, Ami, Seth, Mendel, Naomi, Gita, everybody, Leah. Thank you so, so much for joining, Shulamit. Have a wonderful, wonderful Zisa Shabbos. Tovi Atalia, the most amazing Shabbos. Kultov, thank you so much for joining. <clears throat> and we'll see you, Be'ez Hashem, Tuesday night. Kultov, Chevra, thank you so, so much. Record.